Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 70 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I am your host, Christian Piles, joined as always by my mainest man, Willie Saylor. Willie, what's happening? We're back in full effect, back at our home bases after a, a great week. A great week uh, between Colorado Springs and who's number one. And now, um, yeah, we're here. Let's get it. On the road a little bit and then punctuated by who's number one. It was a great weekend. Great weekend, a great week out in Colorado Springs, and a great, great weekend of wrestling, um, where surprisingly, all but one rankings held. So, which is rank- which is crazy. I mean, because every because really, <clears throat> uh, apart from maybe Yates, um, Yates Fix, and maybe Reen and Colbert, they were all in the balance, right? Like mm-hmm. they all could have gone different directions. So to see the, them hold like that. Um, except for the the Manville one, I guess is the one that that didn't, right? Right. Manville was the only lower ranked wrestler to win. Let's Other let's than... get to that right now, since uh, since we brought it up. Um, a lot of people are like, if you make Hayden Hydeley number or number two after beating him three times, da da da. Lots of and and honestly, I uh, I can almost understand that perspective. So why don't you? Uh, dive into that um, that scenario because the the deal is Hydley's three and one now against Manville. Manville wins at who's number one, and uh, he's going to go to number one. Yeah, I mean I'm putting him number one. Um, and I call, I kind of thought about that scenario like, you know after after Hydley won at Journeyman, I'm like, wouldn't it be something if Manville one at who's number one, and then people will start complaining. And then, you know, I started thinking about, about it then, and I'm like, well, you know, who's number one? It's who's number one. They put it on the line at who's number one, right? So it's, it's up for grabs. Um, and the freestyle match wasn't close, but the folk style match was close. So, so there was – I mean, it's not like Manville was in shooting distance there, right? It was a one takedown match, and who's number one was a one takedown match as well. And frankly, Manville has a bigger resume than than Hydley does. Um, he's beaten more ranked kids across f- all four years. Um, and the same, ironically, the same goes for for Hydley, 
who now will be number two. I did. I woke up at three o'clock in the morning last night. My sleeping pattern's all messed up. But I woke up at three o'clock in the morning this morning, and I finished the rankings. And and when I moved uh, Hydley to number two, then you have Wick, who's number three, right behind him, and Wick owns the head-to-head over over Hydley. So don't do it. Uh, and the reason the reason why Hydley is still ahead is because he has a bigger resume. So. Um, I, I don't know. I'm fully convinced that Manville over Hydley is the right way to go. Uh, and maybe we'll see it at Super 32 and it'll, it'll erase all doubt. Yeah, I mean, the the thing is, and if, if it was me, and I'm just being honest, uh, you know, I wouldn't move Hydley down. But you can't have an event, have these guys at who's number one, and then when the guy wins, not put him at number one. The, the, the event almost forces your hand there. No, no, no. Sure it it's does. Not, it's, it's, no, it's not the you, event. If, if, oh, so, if Hydley, if Manville would have won at Journeyman, I would have had Manville won. Okay. It's, it's, so it didn't have to do with the event. So you would have done, if this happened at any other event, if this was like Super 32, whose number one didn't exist, and it was 3-0 Man, uh, Hydley, and Manville won, you would put him over Hayden? Yeah. Just like that? Yeah. Wow. I mean, Manville's resume is better. I mean, how how far back does it I mean, how far back does a resume go when you beat someone three out of four times? Well I mean do, so so by that token, you think that Wick should be ahead of Hydley? That's one match. One match I you can say, well that's uh, that's an outlier. Three matches is um, uh, clearly not. Three matches? And whatever. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, that's that's the way you know, I... I mean, you know, when you're... Now, somebody somebody did point out that I did it with Thompson and Kemmerer. Kemmerer won... Kemmerer led the series two to one with Thompson winning the last one, and I kept Kemmerer number one. But that, that was... Kemmerer had... Didn't, big didn't you do the same with with Stroker and Thompson as well? Because Thompson yeah. beat Stroker last year, and you kept Stroker ahead. Uh, that happened. If that's the case, was that the case? I don't yeah. know. So I um, feel like there's precedent there. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I, I and another thing with Mason, and I I'm not well there again. There again, Stroker's resume is vastly superior to Thompson's. Uh, you can, and you can say that about Mason, but you can also say, when was his last like legit win? You had to go back to like two Fargos ago when he nope. beat M- McFadden. Well, yeah. So it's like, yeah, you can. I mean, at some point, if you have to go back two years to find wins that are comparable to Hayden's, then the resumes aren't really comparable. In my opinion, I mean, if you're gonna, if it's always gonna factor in, really, I mean, it's it's uh, I, I don't know. Well, you I mean you say two Fargo's ago, but it was it was last year. I mean, it was it was like, fifteen months ago. Fifteen, I mean, fifteen months to find a ranked win. That's a long time, um, in my opinion. Well, and he didn't. Well, he didn't wrestle the second half of the season. Okay, but that was a choice. Okay, that was a choice he made. Basically, didn't wrestle a whole year. Other than Iron Man, yeah, he left Iron Man, and then we did, we we saw him wrestling in international styles. I guess after that, but I mean, if I mean you, that was if his, you, that was his choice. That was his choice. It wasn't like to, he tore his ACL. 
if you want to rattle off the names of people that that one guy's beaten in less than other, we can do that because it won't even it won't even be comparable. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think it's a. Uh, I don't think it's as cut and dry as maybe you're suggesting, but I I fully support you having Mason. Well, but here, one. let's let's hope that it happens at Super Thirty Two and it removes any subjectivity, right? Is Hayden, uh, is, are they both can, going? I think we can agree, right? I think we can agree that if they who if they meet head to head, or one outplaces the other, maybe second to third or third to fifth or something, should should they get beat or something, um, or they meet in the finals head to head. Uh, I think we can agree that that would settle it once and for all, right? Um, I guess, yeah. Till they, till they meet again, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm. I would be fine with that. I think, and I think most people are gonna favor Hayden in that. I mean, favor. He was the favorite coming in, and really, uh, and I felt like that was the template for for Mason to win a match, keep it super close, one opportunity, and, and make it happen. And that's that's what happened. But uh, moving forward, it, it feels like. Hayden's still probably the better guy. Yeah, I mean, if you're telling me that Hydley's a better wrestler than Manville, I'm, I'm saying fine, okay. You know, I, I could, I could, you could convince me of that. Um, maybe he is, but Manville won the last match, yeah. and I, and I think it's the right thing to do to have him win. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I, uh, th- first of all, who's number one? Um, I've been to two. I went to last year's, and I've been to this year's. And I, I thought it was so, some of the best wrestling I've seen back to back to back. And I was almost, uh, you know, disappointed that man only a couple matches left. I just, I just could have called matches all night. The action was so good. But I know. Listen, I know that this is gonna might sound hollow, um, might ring hollow, but because because it's our event, but. I don't know if I've ever seen a, a night, a slate of wrestling that was that good with the consecutive matches being as dramatic or just, just really nip and tuck as they were. Yeah. It it, ha- it brought a lot of drama. You know, it's not, it's obviously not the highest level wrestling in the world, but uh, just as far as, you know, a lot of dramatic moments, great presentation, good exchanges. It, it was good. I'm not going to put it up there with, you know, Worlds and NCAA Finals, but it was it was really good, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. No, I mean, but you know, NCAA Finals. There's some matches that are even in the NCAA Finals. There's a lot of matches that aren't exciting. There's a lot of matches that are I don't want to say lopsided, but are you know they're five one, and there's they're not really I don't know. There's no drama there, right? These matches were nip and tuck. It was a lot of action, even if there wasn't a lot of scoring, I thought. I thought so, too. I thought there was a lot. But I did come away with some very uh, negative thoughts towards folk-style wrestling. And p- part of it was the, the officials' just refusal to call stalling. Like, he just, they, just decided, well, they just decided they weren't going to call stalling, which is what happens in folk-style wrestling. They decided to let the edge, let the out-of-bounds... Um, be safety for guys across the board in all matches, diving out of bounds, trying to get a foot on the carpet the whole time. So I tweeted something that, that I hated folk style wrestling. And then I came to my senses. I you tweeted call- that you hate folk style I wrestling. Tweet- I was, I, Willie, I was upset. 
I was upset. So then I was like, I came to my senses as, as I do. And I was like, folk style, I'm sorry. I don't mean that. You know how I get crazy sometimes. What I really mean is folk style wrestling is sick. Okay. It has an illness, Willie. It but, needs, but the, put a little tussin on it. The cure is a combination of both tussin and a step out rule. That is the cure for folk style wrestling. Okay, if you implement those things, then we have a, a wrestling masterpiece. So folk style, I'm sorry what I for what I said. Okay, I don't mean it. Daddy still loves you, but you're sick, and the cure is a step out rule. And this is my charge to you, Willie Sailor. Who's number one is an event that is out in front of trends, that is um, pushes limits. We don't wear the singlets. You know, we do a lot of different things. We had the unlimited overtime. We're, we're constantly trying. Now is your opportunity. Show the folk style world how it's done. Implement a real and true step out rule. And you can show them how folk style can can work with a step out rule and how it will improve the wrestling. Because what well, I saw I mean, you know, was, had, was unacceptable. We had, there's a, a lot you can go into. You know, at first I thought, well, you know, last year when they didn't call stalling, I thought it was pretty – I thought it was a good uh, mindset for the rest to have to let's not put it in our hands. You guys determine it. I, you know, I don't, want, I don't want to determine a match and who's number one based on a subjective stalling call. Um, and I think that's the right mindset to have, but some of it was bad. Like McFadden stalled a lot, right? I, I, I thought I thought this year Beard Dunfel did a lot more than than for clearing. I thought Chad Red against Lamont kind of put the skates on the third period. I thought there was uh, several flea calls, and I'm a real liberal um, fleeing the mat guy. Like I would I would ding people left and right. It's probably a good thing I'm not an official because I would ding people for fleeing the mat all the time. I thought I saw a bunch of those. Um so there were there were some things I mean that here's I wasn't, the, the, I wasn't really happy about. But you know I had uh, we put in a new set of overtime rules with um the push out in play in the second overtime mm-hmm. and there were it, uh, two matches reached that point, and neither one of them, there was even one push-out. And that was co- on so the heels seen, of matches know. where guys were going out of bounds all the time. There, those Both those matches had multiple, multiple exchanges, multiple moments where guys were finding their way out of bounds. Yet somehow, miraculously, for those three-minute periods, it didn't happen one time. One time, which, which typifies my point. Exactly why there should be a step-out rule. Yeah, so, you know, when we were making up the rules, and, and it went through several iterations, and I would let you know about them, and you were you would disagree with them on, on different points. Um, the, final, the, the final verdict of, of the overtime in the rules and how it played out, did you like it or dislike it? I, I, I did like it. I, I, I thought it was maybe a little long, but... I, I don't know. I thought it was great. I I think – I mean, the Teasdale one still came down to kind of the, the, the ride-out stuff that I know you don't like. But I feel like – yeah, I, I, I'm in favor of it more so At than At least – right. So you're an advocate of the ride-outs. I'm not so much, but at least it, it does keep a, 
more folk style in play, right? right? right. Aspects of folk style. Um, now, what you're saying is, we had the we had the second overtime. There was a push out. You would be in favor of the push out, the step out, whatever you want to call it, from the get go, from the whistle, the first regulation whistle. Absolutely, I think you'll see completely different matches. I think you'll see more scoring. Um, just, I, I I do have a I plan on going back and rewatching all these. But I remember very beginning throughout the entire match, and it's something I when you notice something early. Then you just keep noticing when it happens every time, when it's something you're like, oh, wow, they're going out of bounds a lot. And then when it keeps happening the whole time, it got to a point where I was like, what is going on? Like, how is this happening? And they're, they're not calling stalling. It, like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, we can't. So, so it makes... in, in what matches did you think there were there was blatant stalling? Uh, that wasn't... Well, Yates fix. Yates. Uh, Red against Lamont. Red, um, Red against Lamont is the one I thought. Um, Manville, Hydley. There, the, were, the there were a couple times the, Manville got in over unders or got in the underhook, and he just he just found the edge. And I think I saw that both ways. Um, there, there were quite the a few. The funniest, I think, the only star. Oh, Red Red Pletcher was. I mean, Red straight up dove out of bounds one time when he was in on a when Pletcher was in on a single. He like. Like he was diving in a pool, dove out of bounds. There were several times. I thought Verclearin clearly made his way to the edge. He did it in a strategic manner, though. Yeah, um, because they game it up. It's but a... there were there were there were guys. What you know, there was fleas, and if there weren't fleas, there was gamesmanship where I'm working to the edge, so I'm safe. Yates did it a bunch of times. Verclearin did it a bunch of times. Um, you're you're yeah. not you're not gonna you're not gonna talk about this this red Pletcher thing. I, I I can't I don't recall that instance. He we talked about it. He is in on the single, Pletcher. It was early. He like looks to treetop it, and red. Oh yes, yes, that was a clear flea. Thank you. And I, you know what? They won't I, call it that match. I didn't like the way that was officiated, man. They they I well mean, several missed calls in that match. Yeah. The but. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there was I think there was takedowns on each side. Listen, I, was, I said it on the broadcast, so my my thoughts are known. Um, Pletcher had a takedown on the edge during the third period. That's it's not even questionable if you're doing um, the out of bounds rules that, that we were doing. You just need a toe in. He he had the takedown, okay. And Red did not have the takedown. I didn't go back and watch the red one, the red where Red almost had a takedown, where the picture where's his face. You know, his face is like all big and and he his eyes are all big and. Uh, He's looking for the call. Um, I didn't go back and watch that one in real time. I thought it was one because but. it's because he went out, but then at the moment he secured the takedown, he got his toes back in bounds, but he had already gone out, so it was really close. I mean, yeah, I think there there were there were missed calls on on all sides. And it no, he was out. He was completely out of the cylinder. Uh, yeah, when I went back I, and watched it, yeah, I thought so. Um, feel free to go back, uh, but yeah, I. Willie, can can I get? I want to get you on the record here. Will well, you implement a step out, start to finish for next year? Who's number one? Twenty sixteen. Uh, change wrestling for the better. Change, Willie. You be the change you want to be in the world. Isn't that the quote from from Mahatma Gandhi? 
Now's your chance. Yeah, but I, you know, here's the thing. When you have college out of bounds rule, I also like to drag the toes and be able to get a takedown. But you're right. I mean, maybe it is something we look into. That's still in play. You can still do – I mean, they'll still – No, it's not. Yes, you can. You can work for the finish. If you're in on the leg, you get to work for the finish, just like in folk style. Now, you're not going to have guys diving out of bounds anymore. The only reason you're having a lot of these drag the toes is because the guys are – Yeah, are... I mean, if you let it continue – if you let continuation – Right. Yeah, I'm saying implement freestyle step out rules. Okay. Show yeah. the NCAA. Show high show school. Show yes. Now this is you can lead the charge, Willie. You can do it. I think it has to be done. I think it'll All right. be. All right, let's do it next year. Freestyle out of bounds rules. Oh my gosh. What a Are great... you excited? I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So let's talk about the card. All, all oh, was gosh. one verse two, right? Yes. Um, except you know where you had three and four, and I think, I think where you had three and four, that was warranted. I think those guys earned it and deserved it. And I mean, you can't tell me that Yanni and, and Lamont shouldn't have been there. I Heck mean, no. there's no, there's no reason they shouldn't have been there. And even though, and so you know, coming in, so you have all ones verse twos, and like we said a million times. To, to, to my knowledge, that's never been done at any level. I've never seen all one verse twos, and so, um, but the thing was, we none of the matches were like, like, and I don't know if you could ever get this again. Is Hall Valencia last year? I mean, that was not only for number one; it was a rematch. It was a for pound for pound one and two. Um, so coming into the event, I thought. You know, we got the – you can't get better than all ones versus twos. And so we got the best matchups we could, but maybe there wouldn't be as much drama or anticipation. And, and despite some gamesmanship and going out of bounds and fleeing and this stuff, I, I thought the action was really high level. I thought it was – I thought the kids worked hard. I thought there wasn't a lot of downtime. Um Overall, I was just happy. So you can't control how much the kids are going to wrestle. You can't control how active they're going to be. Um, and overall, I just want what I'm trying to say is tip the cap, tip the cap to the kids who really scrapped. Yeah, and and I complain uh, about things, but at the end of it all, I came away like this is it, it was one of the best experiences uh, of of covering a, a match I've had, and I thought the wrestling was so high level, and I I just. I can't understand how kids this young are this good. How Roman Baba Young and Gavin Teasdale are, are so dang hard to score on. I, I just I could go top to bottom how impressed I was with, yeah, with each Roman, and every guy. Roman Baba Young, Gavin Teasdale was amazing. Red Pletcher was amazing. Pletcher Yanni was amazing. Um, and you know, for their size, Stevenson Stevenson oh, versus that, was awesome. That was that may have been my favorite match of the entire evening. I th I think that might have been the. I mean, and I said it all along. I thought Wood it was gonna be a completely different match. I thought Wood had a shot. And I didn't think it would look anything like the freestyle, and and I felt um, like like that was right. But man, for for Gable to be in the fire there, to be kind of have his back against the wall, he gets the reversal but also has the awareness to know I really need to get this ride out at the end of the, I think it was the second period. That ride out won him the match, and it was it was tough. Wood was hustling underneath, and Stevenson, who, uh, you know, I think he... Was that after the reversal? Yeah. Wood, uh, yes. Wood looked, looked to return him. He lifted and uh, ended up getting reversed and ridden out. 
Um, yeah, that was a crucial crucial point of the match. Yeah, you know, I think it won one of the match straight up, and I, I thought that showed a lot of um, maturity on Stevenson's part. And I think, you know, you came away with a, for me, I, I came away really respecting Wood a lot more in in terms of his overall power, like. His first takedown, it, it was off of Gable's attack, and then he hits a he switch. He lifted, right? The lift. The lift. And he really had two lifts like that, only one he was able to score on. For him to be able to get uh, lift those big hips up of Gable and put him down, I, I was like, holy cow, this guy's going to work on the next level. And I know I'm saying this wrestling, uh, you know, a 15-year-old Gable Stevenson, but uh, I, I don't care. I think Gable, it's proven he is a borderline prodigy. And mm. to do that... Um, I, I was so impressed. So I think both those guys have really bright futures, and and Wood, though he came out on the short end of the stick, really shouldn't hang his head in, in any way. I I came away super impressed with both of them. No, and that that's a thing too. Almost all the matches, the guys who lost even impressed, right? Uh, pretty much, uh, m- most of them probably like seven out of ten. Yeah. Oh, completely. I mean, Yanni looked great. He looked mm-hmm. great against Pletcher. Um, Pletcher was just, you know, one takedown better, like one point better. And, you know, that's the difference. Pletcher was, was clutch, man. He was scoring clutch points in both of his matches and, and giving himself a lot of opportunities to score. And I was, I, I thought Yanni looked fine. He just gave up a takedown late. I, I think he was probably the favorite in the eyes of a lot of people, but he lost. Um, thought he looked great. I, I don't know. I, I just feel like Pletcher keeps getting... Um, like like, Better. the wrestling the wrestling community sleeps on him. Doesn't I don't want to say respect him, but they sleep on him. They undervalue him. The kid can beat anyone. One hundred. Oh yeah, that's absolutely true. And I, I've never been more impressed with him. And I think he gets marginalized as like a hard guy to score on. Not a lot of offense. I think because well, of his build. It was a time when he was uh, he was really front head reliant, not reliant, but you know, you hit different levels, and and one level is nobody can score on you, but you'll counter and score from front head, and then the next level is really turning them into attacks and and scoring off your own shots. And I thought Luke did a great job in both matches, attacking legs. He, you know, he wasn't just a counter wrestler; he was an all around great wrestler. He was in on a lot of shots. Yeah, he must have gotten to the legs, I don't know, maybe eight times against Red. Like, he just kept firing, kept firing, kept getting in deep. Red uh, kept just... going to those dives underneath, and, man, the scrambles were crazy. Yeah, unbelievable. I, and that's another area with Pletcher I was uh, really impressed and kind of stock up is that he can really scramble. Like, Red, obviously, probably he, he or Yanni are the two best scramblers uh, maybe in the country. Uh, maybe Dayton Fix in that conversation as well. But he was right there with him. I mean, they had five or six kind of 50-50 scrambles where Pletcher had opportunities to score and didn't, but was able to prevent Red from scoring when it was pretty obvious Red was looking for that counter takedown for most of the match. He might have gotten in deep on one shot against Luke. Yeah. Um, and, you know, some – even after the match, some people were saying, well, they were more impressed with Luke than they were with Red. But, um, hey, in folk style, you're allowed to, you're allowed to do those scrambles. Right. right. You know, if 
if it's a freestyle match, Red's going to wrestle it differently. You know, you have different game. The styles dictate. And you know what? For all I'm saying about the out-of-bounds rules and this and that, uh, Red's, Red knows what he's doing. If he gets mm -hmm. warned for stalling, okay, I'll, I'll wrestle differently. But until there's some uh, a warning, why would I change? Why would I put myself in danger? I mean, oh, that's I, don't, another I don't blame Chad one bit for how he wrestled. No, no he wrestled... He, the, the, he, if, had to wrestle. he watched and, the uh, whole card. Sorry, he watched the whole card, and it it was very apparent to Chad. Well, they're not going to call me for going out of bounds. They're not going to call stalling at any point. So I'll push it until uh, I'm punished for it. Yeah, and and just like Manville and Hydley, um, you know, Reds registered for the Super Thirty Two almost, and and Pletcher told me on the way. I drove him to the arena and. Uh, on the way to the arena, he said he wasn't planning on going to Super 32. I wonder if he says, yeah, I want to. I want another shot at that. One thing I was thinking, because I was thinking about that, because you told me that already, Willie. And I was like, hmm, maybe he won't. But then I was thinking, if Red holds his ranking, they'll and Pletcher does what he's supposed to do. Oh, yeah, they could meet a Dapper Dan. Dapper Dan. So that, to me, is kind of um, yeah. why, why I feel that way. And so that yeah, might sure. be why, you know, it's a it's a quick turnaround for, for Luke. Um, yeah, he can get it at the end when it's the most important anyway, right? Right, right. So we could see it then. So I, I could definitely see that. I know Yanni. Here's a question. If Yanni beats Red at Super 32, what, Willie Saylor, will you do? Mm, good question. Right now I'm thinking a Fletcher would be one. I don't know. Oh my gosh! No, that is. Well, I mean, I, I guess it's the. I don't know. Well, I'll cross that bridge. When I come sorry, through. sorry. Yeah, I know. I it just I was thinking about that earlier, and I meant to ask you before. I'm just dropping you. That's a tough. Yeah. Match. Well, hey, listen. Super Thirty Two is going to be amazing. There are so many good kids, um, including Renan. We didn't talk about Renan. You know, Renan told me. Because I say to the guys, uh, listen, if you're a candidate for who's number one, I, I go to them and say, hey, and this is why some guys don't get invited to who's number one, frankly. Um, hey, what weight are you going for the season? And, you know, if they're a Fargo champ at 45, I'm just, I'm just making stuff up. But if they're a Fargo champ at 45 and, and they're ranked one or two in the country, and, I, and then they say, well, I'm going up to 52, and they're going to be ranked like fifth at 152, then, you know, I can't, I can't bring them. And they'll be like, well, I'll wrestle 45. Well, no, I don't want you to do that. I want you to wrestle where you're going to be in your season. So it really matters to rankings. This isn't just a duel just to have an exhibition. Yeah, not just an all-star duel. This is, this is, right, it's not an all-star duel. It's a duel to, deter, to have import on the rankings. So um, what was my point? My point was that I went to Renan and I said after Fargo, well, what weight are you going to be wrestling? I said, you, will you wrestle at who's number one? He said, yeah. I said, well, what weight are you going to wrestle during the season? And he said, 195. I said, really? I said, all right, well, let's do it. And um, he said, yeah, it's best for his team. <laughs> and so he shows up. So the weight's 195 plus five, so it's 200 pounds. And he comes to who's number one and steps on a scale and weighs 177.4 <laughs> or something like that. I'm like, Nikki, you are 23 pounds underweight. He's like, yeah, whatever. 
<laughs> and um, so I said, Jeez. and this doesn't make me happy, but he's like, yeah, I might, I might wrestle 82 because Chris and Dietrich, who was supposed to wrestle 82, that the reason that Renan was going 95, he might not do it. He might not go to 82, so they'll flip-flop again. Um, so that situation's kind of up in the air. Um, but I guess Renan is going to – he's registered for 95. At Super 32, I talked to his dad last night. He said he's going to go 95. I don't know why. doesn't quite make sense to me. Um, why we need to just yeah, go 82? Super- he weighs 77. <laughs> I don't get it. He is yeah. so – he is going to win – I don't know if I said this on radio yet. He's gonna win NCAA championships. I firmly believe it. I think he is. I think he's crazy good. I yeah, mean, I'll, what's he gonna be like a sixty-five in college? If you I'll walk look. around at seventy-seven was, on full feet, right now, right? If he was, he the thing is, he's trying to gain weight. Yeah, he's eating like a horse. He's trying to gain weight. Um, so, if I bet you, if he was a college freshman right now, he'd be a sixty-five pounder. Right. Oh, for sure. They. 77, you're not going 74 at D1. Right. Um, I'm sure they're, yeah, yeah. So, Renan, do you, do you want to talk about the two out of three? <laughs> yeah, so after after Colbray, after Colbray lost, he he immediately comes behind the table. Immediately, because I noticed him. Like uh, Yeah, and he, and he, like, kneels down next to me, and he's, you know, of course, dripping sweat, and and he's like, hey, can we go two out of three? <laughs> I'm like, Sammy, I don't know. I don't know if we can do that, bud. <laughs> wow. And uh, so you know, he was he was disappointed. I yeah. mean, both both of scores came off counters, and um, you know, almost when you when you get hit in those things, it's almost like what just hit what just happened, what just hit me, you know? Right, right. It was you know. Let's he, run. Let's run his back. He looked early, like he was going to, um, you know play it close to the vet or Renan came out kind of hot, but then really slowed down a little bit and kind of hung back and kind of let Colbray, like I say, he beat himself. You know, he was just firing attacks and Renan obviously really good with that pancake there and it hit it, hit him twice with it. And I think, uh, it, yeah, it's just a good performance from Renan and I credit Sammy Colbray for both coming and wanting another match. And, um, he's, he is one of the, uh, there's a lot of, there are a lot, like ten of the guys, I think, are still uncommitted. Yeah, well, there's a lot of guys uncommitted. Um, and Sammy, yeah. I, you know, in the loss, I think Sammy still maybe upped his stock. Like, um, I don't know. I think he's really good, and I think he's going to go nothing but up. You know, realize that last year at this time, he's he's been a multi-sport athlete his whole life. Yeah. And last year at this time, he was playing football on a state championship team, in which uh, he ended up being the most outstanding player, right? So Jeez. he's um Surprising he's actually he, gonna go the wrestling route for college. Yeah, as good as he is and as good as he's been for three or four years, you gotta think there's still the ceiling's even higher for him because he's just gonna start dedicating training all year round to wrestling. Yeah, I I agree. Um you know and I often factor in like he he's not in a hotbed state, you know. He's not, and I don't know his training situation, but he's not getting, in my opinion, and this I'm just making this up. I just don't believe that he's facing elite guys in practice. And you drop him in a D1 room, and the 
the curve is just so high for him. He just, uh, I think he'll improve quickly. Um, yeah. Maybe he's in like the best club in Oregon, this and that, but I, you know, I don't feel like it's not like he's in Young Guns. Yeah. So uh, to wrap, who's number one up? The you know the last thing um, I want to say is is that it's you know the kids accepting the challenge. That's that's what Warriors do. That's what is good for the sport. They're making the sport better by accepting to do this. Um, and really, wrestling needs more shows like like who's number one. And so you know, somebody came up and said to me, "Thanks for putting this together. This is a great event. This is amazing. It's great for the sport." And I said to him, "You know, we're doing what we, we're doing what we can, and we're doing what we should be doing." And really, there should be an event like that, uh, at, whether it's the high school level or college level or freestyle pro level. It's too bad that there's not more showcase events like that. Maybe once a month, once every two, once every two weeks or something. You know? Yeah, certainly it would it would, it would do nothing but good things for the sport. But I think to your point, the, the kids wanting to do this is what, and especially the number ones. And I t- I tweeted this. Hayden Hydley had no reason to take that match at all. There, there was nothing that was going to jeopardize his number one spot. He didn't have anything technically to prove. But he did it because it was it was the thing to do, and it's a good opportunity. And, you know, wrestlers wrestle, and they accept well, the challenge. And, and, you know, it's but it's good for the sport too, man. Oh, that's what I'm saying. You know? Yeah. So yeah, credit, so. credit the kids, credit the number ones for putting it right. on the line. And, credit um, them for – got to credit them for doing it and you got to credit them for really going out and, and mashing it up because all of them all of them wrestled their tails off they really did they and that was another thing um i meant to say this before you know it's it's october right these guys are not supposed to be in the best shape they're not supposed to be peaking those guys did you see any early season fatigue rust i mean they were wrestling sharp crisp i mean everything about it including their shape was was very high level i mean we had a lot of overtime matches every match went the distance and i was who gassed yeah no, no nobody one. nobody nobody yeah. really you know rby and teasdale both had moments where they were like huffing and puffing like between do you breaks. remember that do you remember that uh situation in overtime where rby had Teasdale going one way, the other. He was circling out in front head with this lateral movement. Yes. And it was like and, – and Gavin somehow continued to square up. And, oh, I can't imagine doing that in a preseason. I mean, they were in shape, boy. They were they were in shape. So that was another thing I wanted to say. Credit them for not only taking the challenge, but preparing their bodies and, and being 100% ready to go and to wrestle a six-minute match or more in, in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. thank you, Willie, for inventing who's number one. <laughs> it's really good. Well, it's credit to kids. So, um, yeah, with that, the rankings are done. The sophomore big board's going to be coming out in a couple days too. So, But look for the rankings uh, tomorrow morning. Um, there is obviously changes, a few changes from who's number one. Actually, not many changes, right, from who's number one in the regular rankings. There are um, – very significant changes to pound for pound. And then there's there's some smaller detail changes from Grappler Fall Classic and Blue Chip and Night of Conflict and 
conflict like harvest some some smaller ones um, from there. So interesting to to look at the rankings um, after a great great weekend of preseason wrestling. And then and then you know that sets the stage kind of for for the weekend or the tournaments with Super Thirty Two and USA Wrestling at preseason nationals and the Freak Show. Yeah, and that's all two weeks from now or approximately. Uh, two of them are, and then the other ones, um, Super Thirty Two's last, I believe. So Freak Maybe? Show is this weekend, right? I believe. Yeah, definitely. Freak Show is going to be a great event, no doubt about it. Um, yeah, Freak Show's this week. Yeah, where where to next, Willie? A lot of different ways we can go these last twenty minutes. Um, you want to talk about how about your piece with Gross, man? That was pretty cool. It's up right now. Just went up this morning. Yeah, um, um, that was to me very enter entertaining and enlightening maybe you know almost man you know you see all these stories about kids and you're like dumb kids man don't they get it by now don't they learn you know they everybody has heard of this story or seen this story or some guys take the complete other liberal approach and they're like you know kids being kids what are you going to do but uh this story with seth it really feels like it really feels like it was a one-time slip-up deal, and he's sincere, and he regrets it, and it's not going to happen again. Yeah, and I and I think that I think that you really um, did a bang-up job uh, letting that that side of it come out. Well, yeah, I mean, it. it I, f- I feel like Seth just did a really good job representing himself, and I just tried to just be accurate with what he was, you know, saying and. I, I do believe that it was, you know, just a, a rare moment for him. And things got, you know, it seems like a good kid who made a big mistake and it, it, it cost him big time. And I, I've never, you know, when people say when college kids mess up, I actually tend to get like annoyed when it's like kids do stupid stuff. Da, da, da. Like, I, I just feel like, can, can we just have some accountability? Can we have can adults because they're adults when they make mistakes let's not just gloss over big mistakes and say oh kids will be kids and that's what i appreciate appreciated about seth is he owned it you know it was a stupid mistake i messed up it was bad um and kind of some of the stuff that happened to me uh, i probably deserved it and i think i think that was that was important and i uh, honestly for seth i if, if it were me I don't know if I would want to talk about something like that. I mean, this is the the darkest, the the lowest point in his life, in his young life, probably. And you know, he just it, he was an open book about it, man. I was like, I told him up front, I was like, I'm gonna ask you about this. I'm gonna ask you about the night. I'm gonna ask you details about the night. I'm gonna ask you about your faith. And you know, he he was open. It was an open book, and that takes a lot of courage, especially you know. It's going to be on Flow Wrestling, you know, the, the the biggest wrestling site, you know, in the world, and everyone's going to see it. So I think. Uh, and I when think you do, great. when you, right. So when you do face those questions and when you do open up, uh, I, I don't know, to me, it, it sort of gives me more confidence that he really does understand that he messed up. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, he is very. And he really is kind of. Um, going through some changes right yeah yeah 100 percent. i i feel like he's it's he made the his mistakes and um 
you know, he really learned from them. And, you know, it's it's funny, you know, and read, read the whole piece because I think Seth deserves that. But, you know, the the whole thing, you know, he goes out. I wasn't going to – goes out with his friends, but I'm not going to drink. Okay, I'll drink, but not too much. Okay, now I'm drunk because I haven't drank in a while kind of thing. And then so everything was kind of laid out with the best of intentions, right? Like, you know, just go out, end of the year, whatever. Okay, wait, let's not drive drunk. So let's hang around. Okay, now we're stealing things. Like I mean, let's let's be honest. College kids drink, but uh, you know, what, one night could change a lot. Yeah, and it, it really that, did. drinking has ruined. And I'm not obviously Seth is a one-time deal, but you know, it, if you're a young wrestler out there, listen, don't drink. It just it's not worth it. It just it just uh, gets you off the tracks of goals you're trying to to hit and, and, and drinking has has ruined a lot of careers. Um, yeah. Luckily for Seth, he's 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 back on track, but just not worth it, right? Right. Uh, absolutely not. And I think he would acknowledge that as well. And so yeah, it's it's cool to see him go from you know is his career done? Where it, there were when those charges first came out, uh, I was like, oh, he's done. I was like, that's it. You know, all these charges, running from the law, this and that. This, I mean, it was bad, right? And it, it was really bad. And he says it in the in the piece too. He's like, you know, the press really made it seem like I don't know they could do, could do thirty years. Yeah. And that, I mean, Which we you knew it wasn't going to. be You knew it like wasn't going to be that, but yeah, they were. It didn't appear to be good at all. No, no, bad, bad stuff. So, and now for him, just a couple months later, you know, this happened in March. And now he's out on a new team. He's going to get to wrestle right away at South Dakota State, you know, a, a program we like. And C- Coach Bono does a, does a good job out there. And they've got A.J. Shop and John Reeder on staff now as well. So, and, and he talked a little bit about wrestling with Shop. He's like, we, we go at it pretty good on our feet. But once he gets on top, it's, a, it's another story. So I think – He's not the first person to say that. <laughs> uh, no, that's a, that's a common theme with wrestling, uh, A.J. Shop. I, I feel uh. – so yeah, that was the gross piece. Please check it out. There's a, a lot more to the story and his journey. And I, I one of my favorite parts of it was um, was Doug Schwab's advice to him. I thought I thought that was really cool because you know he wasn't going to go to UNI. He had some interest there, but it didn't work out. But uh, Schwab left him with some with some great advice, and I, I encourage you to check that out to read that as well because I think that was that was something that clearly stuck with Seth because it's something he brought up as you know it was, it was great advice he got and it. it you know, it inspired him. Yeah, yeah, really good stuff there. So, um, next topic we've been we've been traveling a bunch. You know, mm. obviously um, we were at Colorado Springs for a meeting, and then who's number one? And then um, I always stick around uh, an extra day at who's number one to make sure the kids um, get get off to the airport. Okay, we had this year we had a couple kids miss flights. Um, so that's precisely why I stay an extra day, uh, just to make sure there's somebody there to look out for them. Um, so I didn't get back till yesterday. And what I'm getting at is we have not really poured over the international stuff. Um, no. but we, we, we know the results, right? We know the results. Um, Kennedy took silver, Pico took fifth, Ray took silver and Dake went 0 and 1 and, um, you know, Angel won a couple matches and yada, 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 on down the line. Um, so what preliminary um, information can we take away from that, Christian Piles? Anything? 
Well, it's tough, you know. Did you see the picture of Kennedy? No. Oh, good Lord. Oh, I know what he... I saw him at the beach games. He looks... He's jacked! Oh, absolutely. Dude, what have I been telling you? I was like, Jimmy Kennedy can be the guy this year. Just just, just never. I don't know. I don't know about that. He could... He could go into bodybuilding, probably. I know that. He's, he's he's humongous. He's super athletic, super. Yeah, he's a beast, man. He's a complete beast. Yeah, look at him here. Look at that. Yeah, man, dude's in shape. <laughs> <laughs> I I just saw the picture you're talking about. Yeah, he's, he's explosive and athletic. He, but you know what? He, he lost five five to Amiev of Russia. Do you remember him? Amiev was who. Pico's. Pico blew out of Cornell, correct? Yeah, and then uh, Kellen Russell beat him really close, and he punched Kellen at, at Cornell. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's it right. was uh, actually Pico beat him at whatever, um, in Albany or something. And yeah. then the next day. So, yeah. Um, Albany or Albany? Um, <laughs> I guess Albany. Alb- am I am I countrifying it? I don't know. Albany. Uh, Albany. Sorry. You know, there's people down here. I don't know why little things get on my nerves, but <laughs> people say, like, the town is Houston. Houston, Texas. Right. What else? How else can you even say it? There is a large faction of U.S. Americans that say <laughs> Houston. I'm Houston? Going to, I'm going to Houston for the weekend. Houston? No, no, I don't even. Where's that at? Think, it's not, I think they're talking Houston. about Connor Utsi. Nope, they say Houston. Houston, Texas? It's Houston, and it's Albany, not Albany. Wow. And it's Wilkes-Bear, not Wilkes-Bar. It's Bear? Bear. Not Bar. Okay. Yeah. Different pronoun- I live in a town called Stanton that's spelled S-T-A-U-N-T-O-N, so I, I can't. I've got, uh, I've got nothing else to say about pronunciations. So what do you make? So date goes 0-1, and... Kind of stinks. It's like um, knee jerk reaction to that. My knee jerk is I think he lost to someone pretty good. He did lose to somebody pretty good. He lost to so you know Karimi. I know. Uh, I know him well. Facebook right. friends. You guys are buds. So he won Junior Worlds last year. Right. He's good. And he and he beat this Russian. The guy that beat Gabe Dean. No. Yeah. Oh, that's the guy that beat Gabe Dean. Well, anywho, in the fi- that was that was the final. The uh-huh. guy that beat Dake and Karimi was the final. Right. Now Karimi, what Karimi do this year? Third at Senior oh, World. Bronze, yes. At Senior World, so maybe Dake lost to a really good guy. I think it's pr- probably certain. It's it stinks, but that guy didn't make the finals. You certainly want to see Dake wrestle more than one match, though, to see that's what he's at, how he does. How, you know, and, and Dake, I'm sure, wanted to wrestle more to just get the feel of 86. Right, yeah. So you go all the way. I mean, is that the only tournament they entered in, just that one? Like, are they going to stay out there and hit a couple tournaments? I think they I, I do not know. You, I, wouldn't, I would I, think, maybe. I think I they know. are. I hope I don't know what's are. going on. Yeah, I don't either. We're yeah. so, we've been so engrossed with who's number one and, and traveling that it's been hard to it's hard to keep your pulse on absolutely everything. But it, well, I, I'm well, pretty sure when I talked to Kyle, I'm pretty sure he said he was going to do a couple tournaments on this trip. I mean, otherwise you travel all the way around the world to wrestle one match or even one tournament. Yeah. It's not it's not well, really worth it. Hopefully they're like hitting some, some different training facilities over there too, right? Rolling around, practicing with guys. And maybe you can practice with 86ers. 
Um, and then does he, I mean, he has to decide, right? Like December 15th is, or 19th is the open. Yeah, he does have to decide. Um, I, I feel, I don't know. I mean, it's not the result he was looking for, but I still would be, I would be surprised to see him come down. Yeah, I don't um, think he'll come down. I don't it's either. too, it's too much of a gap and he's already going up, 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 you know? And what did we make of Pico getting fifth there at, at, uh, at 65? That's very interesting. No. Oh, was he up? It was at 70. Oh, at 70. Huh. Yeah, I yep. know 65 is a pretty nasty cut. When's has he? When's the last time he made 65? That was like a year ago? It's been a well, while. No, he made 66 for Junior Worlds. Okay, that's not 65. Okay, I, mean, I know that. Well, I'm just 2.2 more pounds. I know that the, pretty sure the junior Junior's cut is pretty tough for him. So another two mm-hmm. and change is... That doesn't come off easy, you know? So I think it's it's a fair question. Well, um, I mean, he'll be 65 this year. Yeah, yeah. December, at least. Okay. So that's, I mean, the, the results are, you know, if you don't get to... I didn't get to watch any matches. That's how I kind of determine, you know, what to make of things. So without watching the matches... Yeah. Uh, I, there's, I can't provide much context other than, you know, they happened and... You know, Kennedy getting silver is probably pretty good, and Ray getting silver is probably pretty good, but I don't know who they Yeah, I would there. like to watch him, too. We just – too much going on. I would like to see even Bobby Telford's match, you know, just yeah. see, how, see how he's doing. I completely agree. Completely agree. All right. Um, so we were – do you want to talk about USA yep. Wrestling a little bit, or where you want to go? Oh, all right. Let's talk about USA Wrestling a little bit. Well, I, I guess more – and maybe we should have incorporated this with our step out rule talk, um, but we were up there and we we had meetings with, with USA Wrestling for for over I guess for just one day, but we were there two days, and you know I was talking with, with some of their their guys about the step out rule about you know this and that and you know hey have you guys ever talked to the NCAA and I I kind of asked where I felt like I knew the answer was no um, about putting in a step out rule and. Um, but the answer was yes, they had, they had <laughs> yeah. talked and they outlined all these reasons and they didn't push for like full freestyle. They pushed for the step out rule and the NCAA, um, well, obviously we have the answer that they said, no, we don't, we don't want to go that direction. But I, I found it very interesting that they would, that they see it too. And that they see the, the need for it as well. And the more that it's in my mind, the more that I think about it, the more I just can't let it go that um, it, it's the right step for folk style wrestling to go to have to have a step out rule. And I see it in high school and we're going to see it in college, I believe, this year. So I hope that even though they well, were. Well, it sounded like, right, the way you explained it to me, it sounded like they weren't trying to be too intrusive. Right. They weren't say, hey, you know, adapt your rules to better coincide with ours. But here's a little nugget that could improve your sport and also help with the transition to ours right right they were exactly that they weren't trying to be like you should do this do this please and you know it's disappointing that that they said no but i feel like if i'm usa wrestling i'm not giving up that fight especially after what i believe we're gonna see this ncaa season with the step out rule which is going to be you know we've talked about it we don't have a lot of confidence I think it's going to be a mess. And I think, you know, 
you didn't see it. You didn't see it at who's number one, but you saw the effect of having it. Right? They stayed in the middle and wrestled. Right. And and that's um, not by accident. Conflict that Carver implemented a push out rule too, although they had little quirks like you could get a push out from top and bottom or something. I don't know. Um, and I and and I don't think I think that. The people that watched it didn't like that, but that's okay. That that's showing you what not to do, right? That's showing you that maybe that shouldn't be. But what I'm saying is, as other people experiment with this, you're gonna see that it's a good thing. You're gonna see what you can do, and and as as the NCAA season goes along, and and you find out what the rules that they have now are not good. I, I just think, it, maybe I'm hoping, but I think it's inevitable. Yeah. I think I think NCAA will eventually come around to it. Yeah, I think so too, and I think this will this this season will probably actually push it in that direction. By their kind of avoiding it, it's we're we're likely to see it. So that's something to keep an eye on. You know, it's something that Willie and I are going to continue to talk about because we think it's important. Um, we think it's important for the sport. We think it's important for folk style. We're not saying ditch folk style. You know, I'm a huge defender of folk style. And I've been. Not, not when you tweet. <sighs> Listen. You, you some, had an out of body experience. I did. That. I did. I apologized. Folk style forgave me. So I hope that you'll, you know, you'll understand that. I, I had a moment of weakness, Willie. And I do love folk style. And I've often defended it as it's been made a scapegoat for freestyle failures. Um, but. It, that being said, I still see that this is this is an obvious change that needs to be made. Well, you hate folk style, and you are a huge Penn State homer, and I am talking about I am you picking Nico Megalutis. Christian, I'm is, a homer for picking Nico. Uh, it's a joke. I, I am. Right I'm talking about Christian rolling out his weight class by weight class previews, mm-hmm. um, everything you want to know, and a little. Uh, a little, a lot of perspective and a little prediction, a little prognostication in there as well. So, um, 125 came out yesterday. 133 is going up on a Tuesday. Yes, in indeed. a couple hours, um, right after this, actually. And Christian, you picked Nico over Tomasello. I did, and I, I do feel very confident that it's going to come down to those two. And I, I don't know. I don't really have a great feeling about it. I I just felt like, I don't know. Nico spent the whole last year just focusing training, training for folk style, not competing, working on the couple areas where he needs improvement. I think we forget. I mean, he's he's beaten Thomas Gilman. He's beaten all these good guys. Um, may, maybe not. He hasn't got it done at NCAAs, but there were guys in his way that you can say Jesse Delgado was in Tomasello's way, but. Not really, not the way that he was for Nico. Not in the in, when you when you consider the health. So I, I feel okay about it. I I don't feel super confident in it. Just like I wouldn't feel really confident picking Tomasello either. But um, oh, speaking of speaking of these one twenty five predictions, I don't want to give them away, but um, all of them away. But um, also in your. Uh, Freestyle is or folk style rules are sick. Oh my gosh! Mantra or like like leading into that, oh part of gosh. that is because mm, six months after the fact, you became sad again about <laughs> a particular match, 
And it was like six months later, Christian is like having a moment. Like I wasn't with him, but I can probably imagine he was on the steps with his with his chin on his hand, <laughs> just thinking and shaking his head. And that is about the scoring in the Dance Gilman match. Oh, uh, it's it's uh so another thing I hate is the escape point, right? And I this has nothing to do don't don't paint me some Virginia Homer here. This had nothing to do with it. All right, say it out loud. Two takedowns to one. The guy who had two takedowns also rode for a significantly longer period of time to the point he nearly had a riding time point. And yet it goes into overtime because of some weird way that, you know, if I'm worse on my feet, I get all these extra scoring opportunities via escapes. So... Gilman gets three escapes because he got taken down more and gets one takedown at the end. And he's really been outdone in every position, in, in top, bottom, and neutral. Yet he gets overtime um, where Joey gets scored on and loses. So I predicted Joey over Gilman because A, he beat him at Midlands. And then B, it, it was just some weird folk-style scoring problem. It's a problem. I mean, guys that get taken down more shouldn't shouldn't win matches so you can pretty much dominate in all positions and then the guy can sneak a takedown at the buzzer and then you're going to overtime there was a time in the brewer clark match i remember brewer was 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 destroying him and clark was somehow within a takedown without scoring really anything but escapes was, was, right without doing much of anything i was like yeah. how how did we get and to this same point thing guys with, the same thing i mean the one that illuminated it for everybody i think was was the Gwiz Coon? Gwiz Coon, oh, they're terrible. Oh, I hate it. I hate the escape. I really did have a moment there, Willie. I was really, I was like, wait, this is gonna happen again in a couple months, and I'm gonna really, really hate it. So they, I don't know what the solution is with the escape point, um, but it is bad. The escape point is is terrible. It keeps. The, it's e- I mean, you either get rid of the escape point or you make a takedown three. Something like that. So it had. You can't go at a two to one ratio. Like, no, it's not fair. It's it's a hundred percent. It's not even because it's, it's it's not, not indicative, right? right? It's not indicative. It doesn't show right who, like a like a it. touchdown's worth more than two field goals, right? I with, mean, essentially, with the extra point, right? Right. So so a takedown should not just be two escapes. It's it's just it doesn't work. It doesn't. It's not conducive to the right winner. Right. That's my that's my entire point. And I'm not taking anything away from Gilman. He got the takedown in overtime um, that made it two takedowns to two, for the record. Um, but th- it was just one of those things where I was like, well, you know what? Dance has proven in two matches in regulation to be better in all positions. So why would I Why would I pick Gilman? And Gilman may beat him this year. It's all in the balance. I think that, that field is really tight. Um, and, and Joey could find himself fifth or sixth or maybe not placing again. But I have him third. So judge me. Yeah. So that is the 125 preview and nuggets from that. And 133 will be coming up today. I'm going to look forward to all week, uh, a weight class a day this week and next week. So Yeah, for sure. And and with that being said, Willie, uh, it is time to, to bid everyone adieu. We thank you thank guys you. so much for listening. Um, you know, as Willie mentioned, check out the Seth Gross piece. Check out the NCAA previews. Check out all the stuff we've got going up today. And, um, We will be coming at you next time on Thursday, so two days from now. Um, We're kind of back in our regular schedule for the time being. 
although next week's going to be a little jumbled up, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you're subscribing on iTunes. Make sure you're giving those five-star ratings out, and uh, we will see you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks.